please bow your heads and join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for bringing us all here tonight to worship you and hear a message. Um, I thank you for this great year of youth. Um, I thank you for all the influence you've done. And I ask that you will be with us tonight and continue to influence us. Um, I ask you will be with Dan as he delivers a message. And uh, I ask that you will help us to apply it to our lives. And after all these things, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you, man. And Kieran, I really like to say I do appreciate um, the role you've taken in our youth group and to help, dip, I'm not going to move tonight, lead the the Pran. Uh, I walked around with this like for two hours today around here as I was doing some work talking to myself to test it out. And it made no sound at all. Your fault, evidently, because when the room is empty, we're we're doing just fine. Turn me down. Just turn turn me down, speakers, and we'll we'll see if I, I just I'm not going to move like this. Um, last week we talked about three types of love. We're we're on week three of a series on love. Now it's not a series on love. It's a series on love. Love one another has been our theme verse. We're about to jump into that. But we talked about, in the Greek, there's three words that they use for love. This is just to keep you all awake, because you all are a little bit sleepy. Um, three words for love. What, what were, um, the first word was eros. Do you all remember what that word meant? Romantic love. Eros is romantic love. It's, it's love it's supposed to be between a husband and, and wife. It's romantic. It's, it's, it's love. Now, the second one was Philos. What does it, what is that love? Brotherly love. The love we have for our friends, the love we have for our brothers and sisters, those in Christ. It's that type of love. What's the third type of love? Do y'all remember the word, the Greek word? Agape. That's right. Agape love. And 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 where do we get that love from? God. Okay. Understand this. It's it's a love that is only. This is what I want right here, is only um, from God. And what is so special about agape love? Unconditional. What does that mean? No conditions, right? Unconditional. Trick word there means no conditions. It means I'm going to love you even if you slap me and my mom. Okay, right, you're like, whoa, wait, what? Yeah, it means no matter what you do to me, I'm still going to love me. You can shun me or hate me, but I'm going to love you. So, so that's, that's the, uh, we, we were, sorry, Mr. Last week we're in 1 John chap, chap, chapter 4. From verse 7 to 21, the word agape love is used 29 times. 29, he's, that's the love he's talking about. He says it's come from God. We only know about this love because we received it from God. We don't, it's not innate in us. Mankind doesn't just do this. It doesn't pour out of us. It's from a relationship with God, what we've learned from God. That's how we learn how to do it. Now, um, you can look on the screens. We're in John chapter 13, just to start off, but then we're going to be in the book of 1 John again. Uh, in John 13, this is sort of our three-week um, theme verse, it says this, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. 
By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In that, what I just read, what, what's the key phrase that's said over and over in what I just, just read? Love who? One another, right? Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. You know what you ought to be doing in your Christian life right, right now? Loving one another. Is that easy to do? No, it's not easy because y'all don't think like me. Y'all think wrong. Don't we think that? We think we sort of, the way I do things is the right way. And folks, you know, even friends, they get on our nerves because they don't do, do things the same, the same way or think the same way. And sometimes we can be hard to love. Sometimes my wife would even say, I am hard, hard to love. She'll be like, I don't even want to be in the same car with you. Usually that's when we're going out of town on a trip and she's just done something wrong and I'm trying to fix it, right? It's my fault though, babe. Okay. <laughs> Not really. Um, so, so, so th- these are the, the type of loves. Now, we're in the book of, of 1 John. Who wrote the book of 1 John? John. And John was one of the 12. Yeah, disciples. That's not a trick question this time. When we were doing Luke, uh, you know, that, was a, that, that was a trick. John was one of the 12 dis- disciples. So he wrote the book of John, but he also write, wrote the books of... Yep, First John, Second John, Third John, and Revelation. Okay, so so he, he's written quite a bit. Uh, and what's interesting about him is when John writes about himself in the book of John, when he's referring to himself, he doesn't refer. He doesn't use his name John. He doesn't refer uh, use a pronoun for his name. Uh, usually, he only refers to himself in this phrase, and it is as the disciple whom Jesus loved. So when he would talk about hey. Uh, Mary was there at, at the cross, and beside her, as Jesus was dying on the cross, was the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's all. He doesn't say, I was there. He doesn't say, John was there. He says, it's the one who Jesus loved. Now, some would go, man, he was just sort of full, full of himself. But the truth is, he was the farthest thing from it. He didn't want to talk about himself at all. He wanted to talk about his Lord. And the greatest thing in his life was that he was loved by Jesus Christ. For him, that's what defined him. Man, what if that defines us? We're not swayed by friends or styles or MTV or whatever we, we, we pour into our minds. What if we are going, man, the thing that affects my life the most is that Jesus loves me, and out of that, I'm going to live my life all for him. That's what I want to be. And we, we, when we look at at the book of John, in the book of First John, the book of, you know, he's talking about love all the time. It's just don't miss that, that he refers himself as the one whom Jesus loved, and love is everything of what he's wanting to talk, to talk about because he understands the love of God, and he wants us, the, the readers, to understand the love of God because he knows this, the unconditional love of, of Jesus Christ will change you. Some of you may think, man, I don't think my life can, can be changed. I don't know where you've been. I, I, don't, I don't care. No offense. It's not because I don't care about you, but I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done, but I know what Jesus Christ has done to reach you and pursue you, and that's gr- greater than anything that you could have done to run away from him or to hurt him. He is so much greater. Don't, don't miss that. Now, we're going to start this. Uh, because there's two things uh, we're, we're going to ask our, ourselves. Say, how can we do this love? 
How can we do this agape love? And then um, how can, can we do, do this? And, and so what do we do with this love? Now, now that we know that we can do it, what do we do with it? These are the two questions. Those are a little confusing. I've got a video just to help clear some things up on um, what this love is all about. So take a look at the... Uh, Scrawny, chubby, short, queer, getting caught up in bullying, it's so easy because you're just glad that you're not being bullied. It's been hard for me to stand up for other people because I feel like I'm already a target. It's just easier to do nothing. What are you even doing here? It's almost <laughs> too easy. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> come on, come on. I get it. Maybe I you are it. a little bit more. Ooh. You think you're special? One more for Junior Meal. open it up and it's all smashed. Let's Did you it. order bullied or unbullied? Bullied or unbullied? Yeah. Do you have a manager that I can speak to? Because that doesn't even make yeah. any sense. Hi, your manager. Hi, how's it going? I was given this. Did you bully this burger? Well, yeah. This is a defenseless Whopper Jr. He can't defend itself. You don't mean anything by it. It's just for it's laughs. It's just for laughs. What, are you, is there something wrong with you? Because that's clearly what happened. can't be serious. Had you seen me bullying this burger, would you have stood up and said something? Yeah. It's good to know. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. What's your name? Uh, Reese. Hi, Reese. We're just having fun. You having fun? He's not having fun. So therefore, I think you guys should just leave him alone. Later. This feels better to me. Have you ever been like messed with before? Oh my god. This is like the ideal world is where if somebody else sees like something weird happening, that they'll come over and be like, "Hey, this is not okay." Yeah. To feel defenseless. That's that's the one of the worst things in the world. Chelsea came and she would just tell them that it's not okay. Because it isn't. Something I'll never forget is my friend standing up for me. I've been that kid, so if I see it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something about it. And I hope there's more people out there like that. Good. Is that like I mean, is that sort of like because you know, ninety-five percent are like, what did you do to my food? You know? Uh did, did y'all really think that was good? So what does this have to do with what we're talking about? Love one another. Do you understand, like I said this past week, it's going to cost you to love one another. You're going to have to step out in a spot where you are safe where you are, but to, to help somebody else or to protect them or to stand up for them, 
you might have to take a blow, not necessarily a physical blow, but a verbal blow. Love one another, not for what they can do for you, but for what Jesus Christ has done in you. That's how this works. We're going to stand together, read our main text. It's going to be in the book of 1 John chapter 3. We were in chapter 4 last week. We're going to jump back in just three verses in chapter 3. And surprise, surprise, John is speaking once again about love. And this is what it says. By this we know love, that he, Jesus, laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his, his, his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little chil- children... Let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you for every student and adult in this room. Lord, may we hear your word, your, the word of God tonight, God, and, 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 and may we respond to it. May it affect us. Lord, just open our eyes, open our hearts to hear you, to respond to you, uh, and leave here changed. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, everybody have a seat. <coughs> so, we're going to zoom through some of this uh, because I don't really think I've got to explain it. It's sort of self-explanatory. Uh, first verse is this, verse 16. But by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. Now, point one is love is personally experienced. This agape love, how can we do this love? First of all, because we've experienced this love. That's the only way you're going to do it. It says, by this we know love. It's not, we, 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 we think we know it. We've experienced it. We understand it. We've thought about it. We know it. Uh, we've encountered it. So first, love is personally experienced. That's how, how we can do it. And, and second is love is perfectly exemplified. Do you know what that means? It has been portrayed in front of us in a perfect way through the life and death of Jesus Christ. How can we even begin to do this love? Because we can see it in the life of Christ. He laid down his life for us. And once again, we get into the gospel, which is the good news. And this is, this is the good news. We're helpless in our sin without hope. Uh, and God sees us without hope, dead in our sin, in rebellion, like we talked about this past week, against him. We are said to be enemies of God. And even in that state, God looks at us and goes, I want you. I'm pursuing you. I love you. I will give you my best. And he gives his son, Jesus Christ, who lives a perfect life, doesn't ever succumb to sin so that by doing so, he shows us how to live. But he also is a sacrifice, a worthy sacrifice for our sins because he doesn't have to pay for his own. And because he doesn't have to pay for his own, in his death, he can pay for our sins. So love is perfectly exemplified. God had, there wasn't a gain for God to save us. We're, in, we're the enemies of God. In rebellion, we choose sin over him. We're going against him, but God still pursues us. It's, it's, it's exemplified, shown to us. So love is personally experienced. It's perfectly exemplified. Uh, and then look here at the end of verse 16. It says this, uh, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide 
in him. Now, point three is love ought to be. So, so what do we do with this love? We, we've experienced it because we've seen it. We felt it from God, and we've seen it through the life of Jesus Christ. And if you are, you are trying to grow in your faith, you're, man, I'm just trying to learn about who, who Je- Je- Jesus is, and I want to know more. Start to read the book of John. Don't start in the book of First John. Start to read in the book of John and just read through that whole book just on your own time and see who Jesus is. Do you want to see the life that is perfectly lived and how we're called to be and what he did and how he loves? Read the book of John. Even if you're like not new to church, you've been at church all your life, you're going, man, I'm, it's a little stale. I'm not sure what to do. And start reading the book of John. Sometimes we just need to be refreshed going, ah, that is who my Savior is. So, so what do we do w- with this love? Love ought to be purposely extended. This love that we have known, that we know through God, that we have seen through the life of his son, G- Jesus Christ, we've got to purposely extend it. And it says in, in two ways. And the first way is just for a few. There, there's a, actually a very good chance that it won't apply to anybody in this room for your lifetime. But I could be wrong. See, the few is this. It says we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Just as Jesus laid down his life, we ought to lay down our life. Now, very few are ever called to this, but some, even in today's world, are called to give up their life for their their brothers in the name of of Jesus Christ. They are killed for their faith. Uh, They sacrifice themselves for those that they love. Um, And I even ask myself, man, how can they do it? Because I don't know about you, but you're like, most of us in this room don't have a death wish. We, we want to live. We want to, you know, who here wants to die? Very few would go, yeah, I want to. No, we, we, don't, we, we don't want that. We want to live. So how can they do it? And this is how they can do it because they, they know, they've experienced the love of God, and they know who their Savior is and what he did. And by experiencing the love, and, and knowing what he did and how he laid his life, they lay their life. But like I said, that's going to be for very few. <clears throat> and this is what it says in John. Once again, John wrote the book of John. This is John chapter 15. He says this, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is the words of Je- Jesus. And he says this, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. See, the greatest picture of love is someone laying down their life, giving up all they have for somebody else's sake. And he says, you know what? You, you, you need to understand my love because that's what I did for you. And, and you may, in life, may be called to do the same thing, to save somebody else, to help somebody else, to protect somebody else. So that's for the few. But this also applies to the many, which is all of us in this room. Verse 17, uh, and let me read that again. It, it says this, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? When we see someone in need, do we have compassion for them? Do we think, hmm, what can I do to help? Do we, do we even talk to them like they're a human being? Or do we just sort of think less of them because they're sort of begging for food somewhere? So what does that mean? Does that mean whenever you see someone on the, on the street corner at the stoplight with a sign uh, that says um, need, need money for food and they're there all the time, 
Does that mean every time you see them, you you've got to give them give them money, uh, or or you're 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 sinning against God? Is is that is that what that means? Because I really don't think that's what this means. I think is um, as I looked at it, we ought to ask, we ought to take even a second in our day and say, God, am I supposed to do something about this? Even ask that, because I think God nudges us and tells us when we need to move or not move. And there's situations, and this is for females, especially as you drive on your own, um, that you need to be safe in the, in the world that we, that we live. So, so, um, so you approaching a, a guy who is, is asking for money or something like that, I don't think is wise for most women unless God is speaking directly to you in a mighty way. You need to get your husband or somebody to come help you assist in that need if you feel it pressing just to be wise. But this is what I understand about those in need. Um, there are many people that are out on the streets that are beg begging for money or asking for stuff, and they're scamming a lot of, of people. I get that. I've seen it. I've, I've seen it in a parking lot where someone is in, in this parking lot this week, and then they're at a different one the next week. We've got folks that come to the church, and they've got a story how they're, they're four months pregnant pregnant and they need help and then they come back the next two weeks and they're now eight and a half months pre pregnant and they need something else and they forgot that they came to our church just the week before so we we understand those things occur but can i tell you there are circumstances that occur where some people are on the street and they are struggling and they are sincere and they need help and they need a hand and they need love and we've got a choice a lot of times. Um, uh, and, and, and those that are on the street, it could be that med medical bills is one thing that tends to get a lot of people. Uh, something went wrong and they, they didn't have health insurance and then they, they lost their house and they lose all sorts of things. Um, but one thing I do understand that God's word always talks about us being gracious and rarely talks about us being stingy. You know, I would much prefer to fault in being gracious and in, in giving to a fault than be stingy to a fault. There are times I know I've, I've given away money and there was a 72% chance it wasn't going to help his wife and kids get back into town from where they came from. I, I understand that, but I'm trying to live and go, okay, God, tell me what to do and let me do it. This is the key. There's a we can easily go. We see a need and we turn our back to it, and we have no compassion at all. And that's where this word is important for us to understand. We need to give it thought. We need to give it prayer. We need to ask God, what should I do about this? You know, we had this occur. We were on a youth trip in Atlanta Fest this week, and outside of our hotel every day, there was a Somali type woman. Uh, from Somalia, that's where, where she, she would be from. That's what she looked like, and she was, it was like 98 degrees out, and she was in full robe garb from morning when we left to, to 11 o'clock at night when we got there, standing in the, in the same spot. And she would have bags around her that seemed to grow or to shrink, so we weren't sure what was going on. 
after a day or two, uh, some of our group said, hey, Pastor Dan, why don't you go see what's going on with her? <laughs> I'm like, seriously. Um, and, and so I said, great idea. Uh, and so I went and talked to the clerk at the hotel who I'd talked to quite a few times. I said, hey, what's the story with the lady out front? And she goes, oh, you know, that lady, she's a, she owns her own house. And she, um, she uh, had some rough times. She's sort of mentally not all there, uh, but she just tends to like to beg. She doesn't want to get a job. And she's out there from 4 a.m. until midnight most every day. And that's just what she does. And the bags that we would see are bags of clothes and whatever that folks would give to her through the day. We'd see this pile. It would grow all around her. But she just stood there in this one spot. And she had troubles. And there are some, a lot of folks in need that have troubles like this. But she said she doesn't need, like, a room to stay here. She, she doesn't need food. She's actually in very, very good shape. So I let our group that know in the car, hey, hey I'm, gl- I'm glad you asked about that, lady. This is what I learned. So we learned, hey, this is not a need we really need to reach into. But sometimes it's just important to ask, right? It's sometimes it's important to ask. And, you know, and just a, a small story, my wife, we, we went to Palm Beach Atlantic College, and Palm Beach was in, is a, like a rich part of the, of the state. I mean, like money, money, money is on this road, and on the other side of the street, it's like slums. So we actually were in some housing. I was, she, I was down from where she lived, but I, was in the, I lived in the slums, in the garage, uh, in, in the slums part. And so you would see homeless folks all the time. And I remember she told me a story going, I, I saw this guy, and he was digging through the trash or sitting by the trash bin. Uh, and she said, hi, sir, how are you doing? And he stopped and looked and said, you're the first person that said anything to me in like a, like a week. Just acknowledge he was hu- human. I mean, sometimes we just need, need to be friendly and to be kind. To be, that's what this loving thing is all about. So, when it comes to when we see needs, and there are going to be a lot that you see, can we learn to not do this and learn to maybe do this some? And you might lose some money. It's, it's just money. It's all God's. It's not yours anyways. You think you've got it and you're accruing it and you're getting stuff that you need. It's better you let some of that go. You learn to let some of it. If you're going to hold on to it all, it's going to rule your life. Learn to let it go. This is what it says in James chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. What good is it, my, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. What good is it if we go, man, God bless you, God loves you and has a plan for your life, and this person just needs help, and we just go, ah, you you just hang on. Someone else is going to come along that cares, and they'll take care of you. Be, you, be warmed and be filled, and we don't give them any help. How are they ever going to hear or understand God, God's love? It ends in uh, 1 John 3, verse 18. It says this, little chil- chil- children, 
and this is an endearing term he's saying to believers, young believers that are there, those that he loves. He says, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Man, if we could be, what if our youth group was defined? You know what? Dude, that group loves in deed and truth, in, in deed, in action. And what they, man, they love, they don't, they don't talk about it a whole lot, but, but they give, they help, they serve, they, they hug, they, they reach out. Man, what if we were like that? Love ought to be, um, point three was love ought to be pur- purposely extended and love ought to be practically e- exercised. Practically exercised. And this is what I mean by this. You know, I'm, I, you might look at me now and go, man, you're out of shape now. But I used to be like way out, out of shape. I mean, like when Dalton, Dalton was like this tall. Dalton was our intern this, this, this past year. Dalton was about this tall. His head was like that big. He looked like one of those, I don't know what you call it, weeble wobble dudes. Uh, big old head. I th- I, it was amazing his neck was strong enough to hold his head up. Um, but he was, he, was, he was that tall. I was, I was w- wider than I, I am now. Not whiter. I can't get any whiter. I was wider than I am now. And um, uh, way out of shape. My cholesterol was g- going high. Y'all don't even know these terms. But the counts that were spo- supposed to be high were low, and the counts that were supposed to be low were high. So it wasn't looking really good for me. I was about to turn four, 40. I know you're stunned right now going, you can't be even near that old now. I get it. Uh, I was about to turn 40 about seven years ago, and um, I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut some weight. And so uh, I exercised like I started out almost every day for th- three months, and then I, 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 I we- weaned down to like four to five days a week where I would run or go to the gym or do some sort of thing. I would run most of the time, and I exercised. And I've been doing that for seven years. It's something I started doing because I knew if I stopped, everything that I had, I'd, I'd, my, my health, though I may not look, I'll, I'm in the most fantastic shape. My cholesterol, my things that are supposed to be high are high. My things that are supposed to be low are low. So everything is in the right thing. Why? Because I've exercised. I've done it not just, now we, sometimes we think we get in the mood and I just ate this big meal. I'm going to go run uh, around the block and I'll be good. And so we do that and that's the only time we exercise for three weeks and we wonder how we put on weight makes no sense at all right because exercise you've got to be consistent with it right you've got to be consistent with it if you aren't it's not going to work love you've got to be consistent with it if you're not consistent with it it's not going to work and it's hard to love people there's a quote by a a man named uh, gp lewis and uh, this is what the, the quote says. It's easier to be enthusiastic about humanity with a capital H than it is to love individual men and women, especially those who are uninteresting, exasperating, depraved, or otherwise unattractive. That's not talking about y'all at all. It's talking about some of his friends. Um, it's hard to love people. It's, so every one of us, it, we have a time or a side of us that is hard for people to love. But it's equally hard. We're still called to do it. This unconditional love that we have gained through through Christ, where we have been forgiven for our sins, life has been changed. The outlook where we were going, we're no longer going to hell. We are now going to 
eternal life with God in heaven, the trajectory of our life has changed. We have gained this love. We've been given it, so we give it. Love, love does. If, if there's a phrase that I could say, so what, what do we do with love? Well, love does. Love doesn't just sit back and watch everybody else serve, everybody else help, everybody else give, everybody else be kind. Love does. It has action to it. If we don't put action to our love, we don't have love. It's just, it's just not real. There's a, um, a teaching on this that Francis Chan did, uh, which, and this is just about a three or four, 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 four minute clip. Uh, that we're, we're going to show right before we wrap up here. And he's talking about verse 17, First uh, John chapter 3, verse se- 17. And he said it in, in a way that I thought was just really, really good. And there's, there, there's going to be a couple of pictures he puts up on the screen that he shows up for like fif- 15 sec- 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 seconds. I've got it so they're only up for about three or four while he still talks in the background. But so they're hard to see pictures of, of some people who are starving to death. Okay, so I, I'm going to warn you, there's three of them. They're not up very long. You don't have to, to look at them. If you don't want to look at them, you don't have to. But I think it's important. The point of what he's saying is, is important for us to get because it's love one an, another. What does it mean? It means what you're about to see on the screen. Go ahead and start it. See, it's this whole idea of why are you here? You want to be a Christian. You want to follow Christ. And he's saying, what was Christ's example of love? He laid down his life. You've got Christ. You've got God on his throne. Think about this. In heaven, everyone's worshiping him. Life is great. Angels screaming, holy, 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 bowing down before this God equality with God, and yet the Bible says he didn't consider that something to be held on to. But instead of holding on to that, he lowered himself. He emptied himself. He humbled himself. He left that. He laid down his position there to come down on earth to take the form of a man. Not just the form of a man. He lowered himself even more and took the form of a servant. Washed people's feet. Not just a servant, but a servant that people would spit on and beat up. And, and not just a per, you know, servant that people would spit on and beat up, but eventually they would nail him to a cross. He left that, laid down his life, and gave everything to where he's nailed on a cross and still praying for the people. God, forgive them. That's the example that we have to follow, a person laying down his life for us. Why? Why did he do that? Because he loved you. Because he saw that you and I, God in heaven, saw that we were helpless. I can't save myself. I've already ruined my life. I've already done things that are offensive to God. That means at the end of my life, I'm going to be punished by him. There's nothing I can do to change that. And then God says, but I can change that. I'll come down. I'll take the punishment on the cross for you. He saw me as helpless and he came down. He made me rich. And he says, now, if you are a Christian, you do the same thing for your brothers. He goes, and in fact, if you see someone in need, and you have stuff, and you don't pity them, then you don't have the love of Christ in you. You might still love people. Everyone loves a little bit. But the love of Christ is a love that lays down for others. I want to show you a couple pictures, and I I just want to see what you think when you see these pictures. 
What, what do you feel when you see that? That's, that's someone's kid, you know? Do you, do you think of that kid as, do you think that kid is as valuable as your kid? I mean, really? I mean, you hear that baby crying in, in our, our, our own room, you know? Is this baby as precious as that one? Go ahead and go to the next one. What do, you, what do you think when you see that? Do you go, oh, but I had a rough week too? Oh, but I, I have financial needs. I, we're, we're, we're just scraping by. It's amazing when you care for the poor how suddenly your problems go away, don't they? And you go, I had a pretty good week. The next one. This one's interesting. It's the last one I'll show you. This, this actually was, a, this was an older photo. It's a, this is a Pulitzer Prize winning photo. Um, of this little girl that's about to die and that vulture just waiting. Um, and uh, the photographer who took that got so depressed afterwards um, that he killed himself. It, you, you know, it's just, um, what, what do these do to you when you go, okay, here I am in America, I got all this going on, and, and you know everything about God and how he's a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, you know, and his true religion is to care for the widows and orphans. Does, don't you just go, okay, what, what am I doing here then? What, what is my life supposed to be about? And if I were supposed to be a picture of Christ, and Christ, man, you talk about lowering. I mean, for me to sell everything and, and give to them, that, that doesn't even compare to what Christ did for us in humbling himself. And it's like, well, I'm supposed to be like Christ. Every 3.6 seconds, someone dies because of hunger. Boom. Someone just died. Three. Someone else just died. Two. Three. Another person just died. Two. Three. Little kid just died. Two. Three. Infant just died. Two. Three. Mom just died. Every three seconds. Every 3.6 seconds. And every one of those people, every snap of the finger, that was a, a life that's just as valuable as mine. It's just as valuable. And, and every soul is just as valuable as my soul. Man, and there's this world out there that we need to think about. And sometimes we get in the church and it's all about us. And it's like, well, I didn't quite like this. I didn't quite like that. I, it's like, you know what? We, you don't have needs. I mean, if we really looked out there, we'd realize, and if we really gave our lives to people who have nothing, man, you, you, this isn't a bummer thing I'm talking about. It, it really makes your life so wonderful. You just realize the blessing you have. You know, I, uh, there, there was a part of me that was like, man, I don't really want to show this video, even the pictures, because... Something you don't really want to look at, but it's real. It's happening around the world. That's just not made up stuff, and that's just not thing he's just trying to say to fill up time. It's real. And when we read the scripture that says, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? 
if you see needs and you close your heart, you don't pity, you don't care, how does God's love, how is it in you? It says it's not. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. You're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm 15. What can I do? You can do a lot. Y'all know how to surf and learn about things on the Internet 20 times better than I can. And I'm really good at it for my age. You can find out ways to help, and you can jump in and help and serve. Love one another. It starts with us not looking at ourselves and look, look, looking everywhere else and seeing where we can help and jumping in, letting the, the, the love that we've learned from Christ shoot out of us where, wherever we can. That is the goal. Love one another. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth. God, help us to be a people who love, not just in words that we say, but in actions, in deeds, and in truth. Lord, give us opportunities to feed those that are hungry, uh, to care for those that are not cared for, to to give to those that are in need. Lord, no matter our age, whether we're 12 in this room or 35 in this room, Lord, Help us to understand what we have is not ours, but it's all yours. And uh, we're called to be a good steward of it. That means to, to give it as needed. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the gift of your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.